Honey, time now for um, Feel Good Friday. <laughs> Health and well-being. Now, you know, they're on the top of the list for all of us and more so now as we're living through the pandemic. Every two weeks, naturopath Philip Watkins joins me to raise awareness of health issues. And today he's here to talk about meditation. And because tomorrow is actually um, World Meditation Day, so there couldn't be a better time to actually understand how it may help you. So let me just welcome Philip into the studio. Good afternoon to you, Philip. Hi, Sadia. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Hello, everyone. It's it lovely to have you too. It's always nice to have studio guests now and stuff. Now, you know, these days, meditation and mindfulness and these things, you know, people talk about them an awful lot. And there seems to be lots about them and everything. But let's get down to basics. And let's just say, you know, what exactly is meditation? then? That's a good question. I think that's a good place to start. Funnily enough, I stole this definition from a Guy Ritchie film. So if you're familiar with Guy Ritchie, then you'll be maybe familiar with this. But the definition of meditation that works for me the best is doing something simple so the rest of the mind can relax. So the Are majority... Are you talking about Guy Ritchie as in the actor? Director, yeah. Oh, I stole right. it from <laughs> Snatch, I think. Okay. But the, and they were talking in, in that film, they were talking about fishing. But for me, it's, you know, obviously the majority of meditation is around the breath and really the focus on the breath is... I guess doing something simple, just lending your attention to something like the breath in order to, you know, gain a sense of relaxation or something like that. So that, that's a very simple kind of lay term. And there are so many different forms of meditation, but also I think differentiating between maybe mindfulness and meditation is also important. Mm -hmm. So the easiest way to think about it is that meditation is a practice and mindfulness is a result of that practice. So you're mindful because of the okay. meditation practice. So, okay. so it's the feeling that you get of peace and stuff, that whole being in control a little bit more after the meditation. Indeed. That, at least that's my interpretation. And I think the key part about a lot of this is that it is very open to interpretation and I think that's also where World Meditation Day kind of comes in as well and that there's, you know, lots of different ways to reach that point or to somewhat unlock the potential of it. You don't necessarily have to search for a metaphysical deity mm, <laughs> mm. along the way. You can just look for a sense of mindfulness and calm during the day to improve your quality of life. Just to take life. time out a little bit for a short amount of time, say during your lunch hour or something. Precisely, yeah. So it, it's really, I think that was more my focus for bringing it up today was mm -hmm. that we, one of the key parts about mental health is that a lot of people who want to improve their reactivity to stress or I mean, look, I mean, stress management, what does that even mean, right? Mm. I, I think that's, you know, the terms just become so ambiguous but difficult to action mm. that looking at meditation as a way, just as you would do 10 minutes of exercise, I think we talked last time around about, you know, how walking has really you know, helped you to, mm. to get a sense of physical movement. You know, 10 minutes of meditation a day, and you'll see in a study we'll talk about the 13 minutes of uh, you know, attention-based meditation over eight weeks can drastically change your personality. Mm. So, mm. so how did that work then? Like, you know? <laughs> I, I just uh, I threw the bait out pretty quick there, didn't I? Um, well, look, I mean, the a lot of this has come from 
when I started meditating in my my late teens, and I remember coming across the Mind and Life Summit that the Dalai Lama put together. Mm-hmm. Would you believe in 1984 he did Gosh. the first one, mm-hmm. and the aim was was to bring together major figures of Buddhism and neuroscientists to discuss the I guess the merging of meditation and neuroscience. And in a the study I was referring to in 2019, they got together people from the ages of 18 to 45 so no particular age group or anything like that and they asked them to meditate for 13 minutes using a guided meditation so just something you listen to and a person guides you through maybe some breath work or helps you to understand the inhale or exhale side of things and over eight weeks they saw decreased negative mood Mm -hmm. they saw enhanced attention enhanced working memory which is a big one for a lot of people who find that their day is somewhat punctuated by not they're kind of walking into a room and not necessarily remembering what they were there for Mm -hmm. or recognition memory as well which is also obviously a very important part of your day and on top of that decreased anxiety scores and that was eight weeks Mm. of 13 minutes a day I, I suppose, you know, sometimes the whole meditation and mindfulness subject tends to, you know, people start thinking it's all a bit fluffy and they all think, well, there's, an, I mean, you've just said, you know, this is a scientific study and you can see the difference it's made to people just in that duration of time. So I think that is something that perhaps people find a little bit difficult when it comes to when somebody discusses things about meditational mindfulness that there is actually scientific proof that these things are beneficial that's precisely it's the the key part about it is we have neuroscience to thank for that and the the other i think the other thing that's driving it more so is that you know stress management so to speak as a, a field if you like has really had difficulty to either help people to remediate what their you know their stress over a daily basis without a pill and a potion Mm. so exercise Mm. is one of those things but really engaging in meditation practice does seem to be a fast track to very much changing your relationship with your day and hopefully changing you know decades of health span because Mm stress obviously related to cardiovascular disease and other you know major chronic illnesses mm. as well mm. and we talked you know we touched on this last time with main yes. measure month and it's not just about you know trying to you know be spiritual and wear a pair of thai fisherman pants and go and do some yoga it's actually your relationships with the people around you all the time yes absolutely. and how you find you know how you interact and and that type of thing and it's uh, yeah i mean look at the other more interesting study came out of harvard where they're now finding that that same eight week period can actually have a plastic effect on the area of the, bl- the brain called the amygdala which dictates whether something is stressful or not so even your perception of a stressful uh, event in your life mm-hmm. can be changed via just eight weeks of focused practice and the cool thing about both of those studies was that because the brain the brain starts to change the effects of the meditation actually last when you're not meditating because mm. the brain has actually changed its structure the reactivity of the amygdala has changed over that eight weeks and they measured it with that's functional mris right yeah, so this is wow. really cool so um that's one once again this is another reason why i thought it might be interesting to maybe let go of you know obviously it's nice to search for spirit and and i think 
maybe COVID's uh, helped people to get more in touch with that the the existential part of their lives, mm. let's say. But mm. I, I think even on a more basic level, using meditation such as you would for exercise or diet or some of these other things mm. that we all know can be beneficial for us mm. is once again just seeing some amazing results. That sounds so. That's really quite like. Um it's just quite amazing to know that, you know, as you said, like, you know, the brain could change and and then you where you may have felt anxiety or, or got stressed about something because your brain has changed, you may not feel that anymore. It, um, it's, it's very empowering to know yeah. that it's in your hands in that That's sense right. as well. Mm. And this is, you know, I bring up again where can we kind of obviously if you want to listen to our last segment, you can go yeah. and listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, it, it's all about taking responsibility. And I think a lot of people understand that they can take responsibility a lot for their physical health. But I believe personally through being a meditator for, you know, fits and starts mm -hmm. over the course of my mm -hmm. life, but also seeing other people go through it as well, that there is a genuine uh, benefit. benefit yeah yes. so. it's I think the 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 greatest challenge these days and I think I'm finding this too I think everyone probably lives through that is that you it's very easy to say that you know take 10 minutes out of your time and just think of nothing just try and really concentrate on something else or you know but I tell you that that whole thing about having phones close by or stuff it the 10 minutes who can do it? Who can do it without thinking in their mind? Oh, oh, the message is, you know, is, you know, put it on silent and just get it out of your way because it becomes such an addictive thing that even 10 minutes is actually hard for many people to take out, isn't it? It is. And look, I, there's a really famous quote that came from the creator of a streetwear label in the 90s called FUBU. And he said that if you can't find 10 minutes to meditate, you probably need three hours. Mm. And it, it's one of those things and I think you kind of need to just get started mm. and I one of the easiest ways to think about meditation really is just that it's a connection or a level of attention towards your something simple so even if we use the breath in this sense if you were just to put your writing hand you know in the area of your heart or your mm. chest mm. and close your eyes inhale and count one mm. at the end of that breath exhale and count one at the end of the exhalation and just see how many times you can do that so count one two three four and just count the level of attention that that is essentially a form of mindfulness in that you're present you're able to you're lend your attention there you go right. yeah. and to your point about the phones i mean this is one of the bigger issues that i feel like i see in the clinic and i you know i think we can all maybe relate to a little bit more during the, the pandemic is that there are so many different uh, people, you know, uh, billboards, screens, all vying for our attention at, you know, at one point. And social media is a great example of that because, you know, when you're scrolling, you're, you have 30 oh. different people, companies, logos, brands trying to, you know, leverage your attention from you. Mm. And over time you become more practiced at becoming somewhat um, f uh, flaky with that attention. Mm. So when it comes to making big decisions in your life we, or mm. focusing on a di more difficult task, mm. it becomes harder to lend your, lend your attention. No, that's absolutely true. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, 
Is this, like with meditation, obviously for an adult to try and start it off, okay, it takes a certain amount of time, but is it something that we can almost get going with younger children at this age? Because I mean, it's really, I mean, I recall like, you know, when you're at school and stuff and, and you have like story time or something like that, then kids kind of uh, are sat down and then they're sitting in nice comfortable things and they're asked to close their eyes. And, and so that might be, but I mean, if there are such huge benefits that you get from it wouldn't it be great if we could start training the the kids even as a family if you sat down and just said okay let's just let's, we're just going to concentrate on this right now wouldn't that be fantastic I, I think that's a great idea but I, I think also though one of the uh, being a new parent mm -hmm. one of the I, I take an example from one of my good friends in Australia who just meditated all the way through the initial years of becoming a parent. And after a while, his children actually became curious mm -hmm. as to what he was doing mm. and, you know, walked in sometimes or, you know, why are you sitting there quiet with your eyes closed? And over time, there became that level of curiosity around it. And all of his children now meditate as part of that example. Yeah, and I think there's a huge benefit there that it would be I nice. So. It'd be good for the kids too because we don't know the kind of stresses children face, and especially here in, <sighs> yeah, in, you know, in Hong Kong and in China generally, <laughs> that, you know, there is a, a lot of pressure on children to uh, compete at schools and things like that. So who knows? I mean, this might be one of the main things that they could try. It, it does seem that way. And I think once again, more so with children and teenagers, mm -hmm. they have so many different sources of stimulus. Once again, that's all vying for their attention when they're outside of school or when they're using their own screens and, mm. and things like that. So really, it'll be interesting to see how you know, if you want to extend the conversation a little further, how VR and some of these other more innovative forms of interaction with technology change over the course of the next decade, because mm. when you have a 100% immersive experience, does, you know, having something outside of that immersion to somewhat balance out that, you know, which would be meditation, I think, mm how does that fit in with our younger people and the way their brains are taking on this there huge must be long term effects i'm sure like you know you've just said that um a short period of time doing meditation can actually adjust your brain and, and things in your brain can change but if you think about the sorts of things that are the onslaught that we get day in day out our brains are probably changed already based well, on that yeah that's that's precisely right i think the other side of that is also is that you know how's 24 to 30 months of a global pandemic where you mm. you're mm. continually threatened with I've, you know, uh, an, uh, an alien virus that's all going to meet us one by one. You, you know that maybe one day you might meet this virus, but you just don't know when. Mm, and mm. that level of uncertainty and these types of things as to where things are going to go in relation to your health, that would also potentially change your brain and make you a little more, I guess, um, uh, anxious or mm -hmm. you know, mm. around what's going on. And once again, this is where maybe there's an opportunity for you to use meditation, even if it isn't for a lifelong thing, but if you found yourself to be a little bit more agitated or restless or you know these things that you're not necessarily used to, but all of a sudden they're becoming a little more normal, Meditation could even be a have a start and an end date. It could be a mm. prescription. Mm -hmm. So if we know that 13 minutes, eight weeks, you know, and these things can have that effect, why not just try 
that period of time and see whether or not that could actually be prescriptive for some of these changes that mm -hmm. have occurred over the last 24 to 30 months and that may be enough right yes yeah so is that something that people you know people who are listening at the moment that you can just start up yourself you don't necessarily need to go to a professional or i mean could you start it when is it that you need to go to a professional when can you just try yourself Look, there's, it, it, this is the interesting thing about mm. meditation. I feel like having an interest, and I used to, you know, in my, my hippie years as a late teen, I used to work with a guru, and at the, one of the things that always, I, I guess I carry from that period of time is that the, the right form of meditation will find you when you throw out the aspiration. And, you know, we have free classes at IMI. Every Monday we do Monday meditations, so you can actually learn for free. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously places like YouTube and there's apps. Um, one of my favorite would be Waking Up, which is run by a, a oh. neuroscientist by, uh, called Sam Harris, where mm -hmm. they do a 29-day introductory course uh, okay. where you can learn different forms of meditation and maybe find the one, you know, find okay. the one that's most friendly to you. So I think to get started, Put out the aspiration that you want to start and it probably will just come and deliver itself to you one day when you're ready but maybe even just try that breathing exercise yeah. how many times can you listen to yourself inhale and exhale can you get to 10 brilliant philip thank you so much there's just so much there actually that and, and i'm so subject. i'm so impressed by the fact that actually it does make a difference and you can actually change your brain so sure brain, uh, thank you so much for coming in today right, and thanks, i look Sadia. forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks time no we'll see you then thank you mm -hmm.